Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. Lately, there has been a lot of discussion regarding subject matter, variety, and types of books in school libraries and public libraries. As a result, Book banning has become the latest divisive issue faced by educators and out-of-school-time professionals. According to Than Nguyen, the author of the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, Sympathizer, a large number of books are being tarnished by so-called good-hearted and moralistic people who perceive the subject matter of the books to be unsettling for their children. No matter how accurate the published material's description is concerning the historic norms of the period, the trend of censorship is developing to limit books not only for a parent's child, but for all children. According to Katrina Van Den Heuvel, a weekly columnist for the Washington Post, she states that the number of book banning incidents have recently spiked. For example, a group of Texas school districts reported 75 attempts in the first four months of the 2021-2022 school year to censor children's access to books. This compared to the number of attempts over the same period last year, which was only one. Advocates of these bans claim they simply want to protect children from vulgar and explicit material. But no matter how well-intended these sentiments are, they frequently contrast our best literary experts, librarians, and the author themselves. Therefore, today's topic focuses on the complexity of being a school librarian. My guest is Renee Wilson, who is currently a librarian on an elementary campus. Good morning, Renee. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing real good. Thank you so much for being our guest on today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast. First off, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and what motivated you to become a librarian. Okay. Um, I've been an educator for about 24, 25 years. I forget how long, actually. And around my 10th year of education, I decided that I wanted a change. I wanted to stay in education, but I wanted to get out of the classroom, maybe not necessarily in um, administration. And it just so happens that there were these two wonderful ladies in Houston ISD that wrote a grant to increase the number of librarians in Houston ISD. So I was fortunate enough to become a part of that grant to receive my master's degree in library science. That's how I became a librarian. What do you believe is your role as a librarian for your school and the students you serve? I think my role is twofold, to be a champion and cheerleader of reading, and as well as the right usage of information. Um, this is in, this I accomplished this through modeling my own I guess, uh, independent reading, telling the kids what I'm reading, show them how that I enjoy it in my free time. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with something academic, totally free choice. Uh, Another thing that has to do with my role is as a teacher librarian, to instruct and provide lessons on copyright and the proper use of information and things like photographs and websites and things like that. Now, during your career, have you noticed much change in the types of books in the library, especially those dealing with history, diversity, and social issues? I have. I've noticed a lot of, um, I would say, a positive direction into more diverse types of te- text books. 
courses to read, to research, to have um, for personal reading information, things like that. I try to keep abreast of things going on in the world of children's literature. And I noticed a lot of blogs and social media posts having to do with having a more inclusive library collection. And I think it's important for students to see themselves and their life experiences in the books that they read. Now, most people are not aware of the book selection process which occurs to supply a library. How much freedom do you have as a librarian in regarding selecting books? And are there any procedures librarians must follow? Yes, there are um, some procedures and there are uh, a handbook that we have in our district that details how we are supposed to go about selecting books. And one of the important things is that to make sure that the books that we picked are vetted through um, resources such as uh, school, school Library Journal. And we use the vendor's websites to make sure that the books that we select have these re positive reviews that are um, appropriate for the students at a particular grade level. There are so many books which target the interests of diverse students. Have you ever felt like a book in the library was not appropriate for the students you serve? I haven't came across any books um, in that particular situation. And I think it has to do with having certified librarians in school libraries that know the proper procedures for selecting appropriate text for a certain grade level or certain uh, grade range, like I'm at elementary, so I need to focus on, you know, things that appeal through K through five students. Right, right. Have you ever experienced a situation regarding limiting access to a book for a child or children? And if so, how uh, did you or your campus address it? I've only had a couple of instances where parents don't want their children to read a certain book one was a Goosebumps uh, book, which is a very popular uh, collection at the elementary level. And so that that parent was well within her right to, you know, say my child can't read this particular book. But I haven't had any experience with a parent or groups of parents saying that this particular book shouldn't be in your school library. I know when my kids were in elementary, they also loved the Goosebumps. Uh, books, uh, but they would also get a little scared. <laughs> right, <it>. right. <laughs> so those nights, they, they had a little trouble going to sleep. <laughs> In your opinion, if a teacher or an after-school program staff chaperone their students to visit the library, should the supervising adult monitor the student's book selection? I had one co-worker that was really great and what she did she modeled how to pick a book something that you're interested in and if a student say oh i don't know what to get and she would recommend um, a particular book or a particular author for that student but i haven't had a, a teacher or administrator to say hey you can't read that that's not on your level Right. But I've heard other librarians have had that experience. Well, this kind of segues to my next question. We, we often hear about increasing parental involvement in schools. In your view, what possible effect, what possible effect can be created when adults speak out concerning removing books in the library? In my experience at the elementary level, parents have the right to restrict the books that their children read. 
The problem comes in when parents attempt to restrict the reading access for all students for a book that they have an issue with. And if that's the case, they have a problem, they want to challenge their book, then there's uh, a protocol that needs to be followed. This kind of brings us to the end of our interview. Do you have any final comments or thoughts? Um, just one quick one. Um, libraries are important institutions that support learning and the joy of reading. I think that they are still relevant to our society and to our schools. Well, Renee, thank you so much for being my guest on the Making Our School Cool podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. After school. Cool. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on the complexity of being a school librarian. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore relevant issues to the out-of-school time field.